Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. It's me, it's David Campbell. Hello, how are you? If you're listening to this, you must want to check out all the other great content on ESSR, including Saturday Draft Live, a show I'm very fond of, East Meets West, another show I'm very fond of, and Central, a show whose host I absolutely despise. Um, but all the content on YouTube is also great. Quiz Showdown, Book It Conspiracy Theory with one of our with one of our panel here today. Always a great time. And don't forget to check out the Scottish Wrestling Network as well. We just want to butter up one of my, my other panellists here today. But let's get right to it. What if this man hosted the Japanese Wrestling Network. I think then me and him would get along a lot better. It is Billy Strachan. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm 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 last minute uh, replacement, but I'm quite happy to be here and uh, give you my terrible pitches. <laughs> what if this man pumped pork instead of poultry? It's Jack Graham. Uh, I, I, I don't reckon there'd be much change in life if that if that, <laughs> that happens. To be honest, but, uh, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Uh, Known, known for doing a, a, a podcast once upon a time to do pitches, known to be doing terrible pitches in that podcast, which would be a great time. Mm-hmm. I agree, I agree. Um, <laughs> what, if, <laughs> what if instead of the big dog, this man was just a wee pussy? It's Alan McLucas. <laughs> Alan? Pussy. <laughs> And what if instead of a Jar Binks impression, he would just let it die? It's Daniel Gamble. Me's not going to let that happen. Also, welcome to Book It. Wait, hang on a minute. (laughs) Yes, yes, that show died, so we're trying to bring back something very similar. Uh, But basically, that's a what if show here on the feature show. We are going to get all of these guys, they've been given a brief, you know, to to try and change something that's happened in the history of wrestling, whether that be a match, a storyline, something like that. This edition will be the WrestleMania edition. The guys are going to be looking at some of the, the what-if scenarios from WrestleMania past. And Jack, I'll come to you first. Like, when you heard we're going to do what-if WrestleMania edition. Were you excited about it or were you trepidatious? Oh no, I've got to be excited for because I'm actually here doing a feature show. I think when you when, you, when, I'm, when I'm here <laughs> actually doing one of these, I think you know that it's a good it's a good idea in Jack's books and that was I've I love kind of like telling like kind of stories like what could have been I like kind of speculating what could have happened, what 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 how some things could have went. So yes, this is this is this is right down my street. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Alan, were you thinking the same thing? I love. I know you love a bit of competition here at the podcast. This something seemed right up your street. Well, absolutely. As your reigning, defending, undisputed draft champion, it's well up my street. Plus, it's nice to have some fl- fr- fresh blood to take on here. You know, Jack Graham actually turning up for once, and you know, <laughs> head head. I'm like looking forward to it. I don't know what would have been more impressive if maybe Ryan Gallagher or Ross Alcock was on the show, but still, Jack Graham being here <laughs> is, is also a fun time. Billy, you were a last-minute addition to the show. Like, what's your prep been like? Have you been studying all morning, looking back at the statistics of WrestleMania's past? What's been going on? Well, I woke up about five minutes before you sent me the message, so I, I looked at Cage Match at the results of previous <laughs> WrestleMania's and went, I could probably change that. <laughs> and that's that's about it. 
<laughs> Fantastic, I love the honesty. And Daniel, you've had you've had a bit of a bone to pick with me because obviously we're going to do this in two parts. First part, we're going to focus on what if scenarios WrestleMania is fifteen to twenty-four. Second part, Mania is twenty-five to thirty-seven. You had annoyed at me about something because you had one from WrestleMania thirty-eight, I believe. I did have an idea of like ages ago for uh, a wee scenario for WrestleMania thirty-eight. Uh, obviously, it's a bit scuppered because of two things number one the conditions that someone set on this show and also the fact that carrying cross is no longer carrying cross yes, yes so you know that's <laughs> kind of snookered it i was also writing a cease and desist letter for this episode because it's infringing on the terms of book it but then i realized you created it so it's worthless yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> sue me all you want. You can't sue me. I own the property. Uh, but anyway, we're going to get started. I have decided the order at random. In the first half, each of our players will be booking a what-if scenario for WrestleMania's 15 to 24. Are we ready, Flowers? Are we ready? Aye, aye, Captain. Aye, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's this. do it! Well, well, indeed, and because he responded first there, oh, shit. Jack Graham, <laughs> you get to book first. Tell us what is your what if scenario? WrestleMania is fifteen to twenty-four. Well, for 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 this, if we've if you if you've ever watched myself and book it, something that uh, even though I've never won an episode, of book it, something that's always kind of synonymous for me is in these shows, shows that I think would sting. So my what if is for WrestleMania 18 and it is what if Sting had signed full time with WWE so as we do know Sting came in about 2014 and he was interrupting Triple H the kind of Survivor Series thing we got that match uh, the, the, the following year but it's not really the kind of what we wanted to see happen happen then you know what I mean like we wanted you wanted Sting to have his full time run and what that would have been against Kurt Angle I believe at WrestleMania uh, 2018, but unfortunately it ended up being Kurt Angle and Kane. Obviously, you tell us that to Scott McCloud, you would say that's unfortunately and anyway, Kane's great. It was a bit lackluster, it was a bit meh. I think we would have had the Stinger against Kurt Angle, and I think that would have been a fantastic match, as, as we've seen in TNA. Uh, and, and this timeline, we were not talking about the timeline that I'm going on. The now, if Sting had signed full time with WWE from that point, we would have seen him eventually having that blockbuster match that everyone's kind of fantasy dreamed wanted for like all the rest of the time as Sting versus other Undertaker which probably would have happened at WrestleMania 19 instead of uh, Undertaker against A-Train and Big Show becoming like the pinnacle of like what a, a wrestling rivalry could have been uh, anyway Johnny could have taken on Shawn Michaels The Rock he could have formed a, a, a tag team with The Undertaker there's so much stuff that could have happened if he signed with WWE and faced Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 18 but he elected not to, and not only kind of altering or changing the history of WWE as as we don't know it, it affected one company in particular, and that being TNA's impact. Obviously, he became the centerpiece of that company for ages. He was the world champion there, he was in the Hall of Fame. And you got to think, not only affecting WWE, if he actually signed for WWE, what would have happened with TNA? Sting ultimately helped that company become the, the number two promotion in the United, United States, kind of being the, the, the big competitor now that well, the AEW is in now, but back 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 once when it was TNA and if Sting wasn't there, could it could it be argued that TNA would have been that competitor too? I don't know, it's hard to tell. So you do have Carango and whatnot did eventually turn up. 
but a big a big big hole would have been left in that timeline and we would it would have filled up with uh, a huge WrestleMania moment against Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 18 followed by an even bigger one uh, against Undertaker at WrestleMania 19 and I think very cheeky very cheeky indeed (laughs) (laughs) I think that's I think that's all I think that's all that needs to be said uh, so far I think that TNA could have well plummeted we could have seen some of the biggest matches in wrestling history should Sting sign but he chose not to and he became a a centrepiece for another company Interesting, interesting. Like I said, they're very cheeky. You know, you're trying to fix two lackluster WrestleMania matches. You're, you're, you're teasing us here with uh, ideas of Sting Michael, Sting Rock, all this jazz. And definitely, I think you've made a very, very strong case here, Jack, as to why Sting changing promotions would have been monumental for the world of wrestling, for the wrestling landscape as a whole. The one question I have is Sting versus Kurt Angle specifically. You've said, given evidence there, it's going to be a great match. We've seen it in TNA. That's an interesting feud. Two all-time greats. What does that story look like, though, with Sting versus Angle at WrestleMania 18? I think it's just uh, the idea of, of Sting being the new guy. Well, not, not, not a new guy, it's a big name in in wrestling but at that point when it's WWE Kurt Angle is kind of one of your your anchors at that point he is one of the, the main men you've kind of got someone maybe potentially stealing the limelight off him at that point and that's the kind of the, the storyline you could go down with that that Kurt Angle doesn't like that some new guy with a big name's coming in probably taking over running at roost and is looking to be the top dog and Kurt Angle's like no I'm not letting that happen and that's your the, the story kind of page itself at that point Nice, nice. And I take it Sting wins or Angle wins? Oh no, Sting wins. Of course Sting, Sting wins. wins. Good, good. That's that's all well and good. I like that. I like that. Um, does anyone else have any thoughts on this, Billy? What do you think of, of Jack's pitch there? Um, yeah, it's, 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 what we'll have is to Kane. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I don't want Kane to be left out here. But um, no, yeah, it, I, Sting's a huge name in WCW. I wasn't a WCW guy, so I'm not, uh, like, I don't think I would have being as excited as some other people I would be like oh there's that guy that was on Worldwide when they're doing the Big Bang Boshes on Channel <laughs> 5 it'd be amazing um, but no it's it's well that's the nature of what if isn't it it's it, it's definitely a, a huge moment that could have sent um, could have changed pretty much the landscape of everything like I said TNA would have been uh, probably wouldn't have been anywhere near successful which I dislike because I love TNA so well, early days of TNA yeah, Billy gives up brings up a good point there, Jack. What happens to Kane? By God, what happens to Kane? Where does Kane go? Um, I hadn't really thought that far, to be honest. Kane was kind of Kane was kind of thrown into the into 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 a bin at that point for me when I was kind of painting this through. But like Mate, the next time that you and Scott do a show together for Saturday Draft Live, he is gonna have your balls in a vice. <laughs> Scott's uh, quite Saturday Draft Live after this, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> ah, it'll be alright. It'll be fine, it'll be fine. But no, maybe uh he'll just probably do some other lackluster match. I don't know. The match just wasn't great between Angle and Kane, and I don't think if Kane was popping against anyone, I just I don't know. I don't know. I just it wasn't appealing. I wasn't thinking about Kane. I was thinking about Kurt Angle. Move on. I wasn't thinking about Kane. Davey, I have the ideal solution. 
It's Kane versus Booker T versus Edge in the match for the shampoo commercial. Yes, Kane's yes. in the mix for the shampoo. Brilliant stuff. You shouldn't have helped your opponent, Daniel, but I, I, I do have to say that is gold stars to you. Uh, Draft teammate, work. I've got to cut some stuff. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Market Street Posse for life. Well, Daniel, it's funny that you, you've piped up here uh, with your point of view because you are the next one up. Come on down, Daniel Campbell. What's your first pitch here today? My first pitch is a very, you know, it's a very easy one to make, I suppose. It's what if 2005 had not been the year we lost our dear Eddie Guerrero? What did what would Eddie Guerrero have done going into WrestleMania 22? Now, the plan was for Eddie Guerrero to face Shawn Michaels for the World Heavyweight title. That's a good idea, but that's not my idea. I've got something a little different. So, Eddie has gone on a little bit of a run at the end of the year. He took the title off of Batista so he can go and heal up. Led Team SmackDown to a win at Survivor Series. Yeah, fuck you, Randy. Then, in January, he loses the title to Kurt Angle at the Royal Rumble. And then he's like, I don't know what to do for WrestleMania. I'm a bit stuck for ideas. So after a little storyline that led into No Way Out, let's say, I don't know, Finlay, Guerrero out cheats him with a shillelagh or something. I don't know. Like, make something up like that. He's in SmackDown just like, I don't know what the future holds in store for me. I'll just take whatever I can get. Hold up. Wait a minute, player. It's Teddy Long. He comes out and says, now, you stole the show last year with Rey Mysterio. I reckon you can do exactly the same this year. You can steal the show again. And I'm going to put you in a match because, player, you're going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker! And we get Eddie Guerrero versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 22. Now, over the next few weeks and a few fiery verbal battles with equal threats of stealing souls, you know, cheating death, you know, all these things, they end up getting to WrestleMania. There's no gimmick match. It's just a straightforward one-on-one. Let's see what happens. And most of the match is them just outwitting each other move for move. Taker goes for old school, but Eddie leaps up and pulls him down with a top rope arm drag. And Eddie's managed to hit the three amigos later on. He's tried a few times. Taker is always at the counter, but Eddie manages to finally hit the three amigos. You even see him just going, that took a wee while. And then he scores a frog splash for a very, very, very close two count. Bump squeak time is how I believe they call it. Eddie then causes a bit of a ref bump and so he thinks, you know what? I may as well try. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So he goes to like grab the chair, hits the ring floor, throws it to Taker. The ref looks at Taker and is like, did you just do it? The ref is about to go and ring the bell, but Taker just stares at the referee and the referee just goes, we're good, we're good. Carry on, gentlemen, carry on. You don't need to do that. So Taker and Eddie go back and forth for a little bit more. Eddie decides, you know what? Need to try it again. Goes for the three amigos. He hits the first amigo, rolls over, gets the second amigo, rolls over, lifts him up. Taker lands on his feet and this time lifts Eddie up. Tombstone pile driver. Uno, dos, tres. Eddie Guerrero becomes victim number 14 in the streak. I love it. I love it. Well, Daniel, WrestleMania 22 is near and dear to my heart. First WrestleMania I ever watched. But the first segment 
I ever watched in television was actually Mark Henry having a funeral for the Undertaker's undefeated streak before oh, Mania God, 22. I remember that, yeah. So maybe in this what if scenario, David Campbell doesn't become a wrestling fan and isn't on this podcast. And I'm sure most of ESSR will tell you that they would be absolutely delighted with that scenario. So maybe that's some plus points for you here today. I don't know. I don't know. But I will come to Alan McLucas. Alan, what were your thoughts on Dan's pitch there? I think it's pretty strong. But are there any things that I'm missing that I should grill on a bit more? No, I, I quite like Dan's pitch. Um, I'm glad Dan didn't have a Gregor overtake up because that would have been sacrilege for me. Um, but the fact is, knowing the type of wrestler Guerrero was, he probably would have put on a five-star match. You know, even Meltzer probably would have to cream over it. This lot of that match. Um, I, I think he's called it very well, actually. I like it, Dan. I like it. Maybe the only thing I would ask is Eddie coming in the storyline is there a better way to maybe set it up rather than the, the teddy long spot is obviously iconic kim Collin, you're gonna go one-on-one with the undertaker we all love it it's great is there maybe something a stronger way to create heat between the two of them rather than it just being a respectable you know oh i'm gonna face you we're gonna put on a great match and we're gonna steal the show any thoughts to that well, actually, I had an idea of maybe a tag match that the two take part in in the build-up to WrestleMania. Let's say Eminem are their opponents, and they cause a bump where uh, Eddie gets a thumb to the eye, so he's blinded for a moment. The ref's trying to get Joey Mercury out of the ring. Nitro's already in the ring, so he's busy with Eminem. Taker goes to grab Eddie, so just like, come on, snap out of it. Eddie instinctively boots Taker in the balls and allows Eminem to hit the snapshot on Taker for a win. Puts over Eminem as well, and also Taker is like, Eddie, you bitch, I'm gonna get you. Oh, I like that, I like that. We're building up Eminem at the same time there. That is a, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. I like it, Dan. We're gonna put a pin in that for just now, because I think it's time that we came to our last minute addition to this show. It's Mr. Billy Strachan. Billy, the floor is yours. Give us your first pitch. Well, I'm going to age myself considerably here when I throw out which WrestleMania I'm going for. Uh, so WrestleMania 2000 uh, was obviously not one of the most well-received and it was all multi-man matches. Uh, the main event was the McMahon in every corner. Absolute cluster fuck of all proportions. So my, my pitch is the main event was a singles match. Triple H, The Rock. Quite simple. Uh, but how we got there. So I think everything kind of plays out as it did. So we've still got Triple H beating Cactus Jack at the Rumble. Uh, we've still got The Rock winning the Rumble with the controversial things with Big Show and him having a big cry about it. Um, we've got Triple H retiring McFoley, No Way Out. Great. The Rock beats Big Show at No Way Out. It's I think Big Show beat Rock, whatever. This is how it's happening. So instead of McMahon in every corner, we've got Triple H with Stephen McMahon Helmsley and The Rock needed some backup because he doesn't trust the McMahons he doesn't trust the McMahon family at all and he brings out Mick Foley as his second so because The Rock was was uh, so annoyed so uh, disappointed that Triple H uh, retired Mick Foley he's bringing back Mick to be in his corner because he can trust Mick Foley um, Big Show who gives a fuck about Big Show but uh, so this is how we're getting to Triple H The Rock they had a, they've had rivalries in the past over the Intercontinental Championship they've had rivalries 
all over the place and because it's a singles match it actually stands out on this card because again it's all multi-person matches tag team whatever uh, triple threats and it's it's just a rock versus triple h match the match itself though um of course, it's pretty much still going to play out the same. We're going to have interference aplenty. We're going to have Big Show come out, and McFoley's going to, I don't know, kill him with a, a two by four wrapped in barbed wire, chase him off because Big Show is a bitch, and uh, just chase him off. Uh, we've got The Rock. He can still get screwed over by by Vince McMahon in the in the end interim. So I don't think it's actually changing anything in the world of WWF. I think it's just changing maybe the perception of WrestleMania 2000 in general and having this this. Uh, mega match in the main event and not getting it too cluttered with this fatal four-way elimination nonsense that it turned out to be so quite a simple one um like i say it's not going to change the world or, or the world of wrestling but it's just going to change the perception of wrestlemania 2000 hopefully interesting interesting because i actually think that i myself billy have argued this point in this podcast before so gold stars to you sir um, because great minds do think alike, and we are great minds indeed. And but what a, basically the the thing that would help with your cause here, because Triple H and Rock, I believe, did go one on one at Backlash the next month, and it was a very very good match. In contrast to the McMahon in every corner, but as good as I think your pitch is, as strong an idea as I pick, I think it is. Daniel Campbell might have another point of view, Daniel. Any holes to poke in Billy's argument before I continue my line of questioning, sir? I mean, you, you point out, of course, no one gives a shit about Big Show, and to be honest, I felt Big Show's involvement in this match was, uh, I don't know, it was, wasn't for me. Um, at the time, obviously, the, orig- the original plans for the match, at least according to a poster, involved Chris Jericho alongside The Rock and Triple H. Would you have factored him in anywhere, possibly? No. No, no, I don't think Jericho... I think Jericho was was still not a fully formed, fleshed-out character in the WWE... Oh, I don't want to use the word. Universe. WWF Universe, as yeah. I think he was... He needed to kind of... I apologize if you hear my dog whinging in the background. But, um, so yeah, I think he still needed to... to like get his footing in the mid card and with Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit I think that was probably the, the best place for Jericho at that point um, and not get too cluttered with The Rock and, and Triple H at the time in, in my personal opinion So Billy the only thing maybe I would I would question you on is this is the Attitude Era it is messy there's lots of interference it defines the time but maybe a criticism people had of the McMahon in every corner match was that there was a bit too much going on there. Now, you have changed it to a one-on-one match in the surface, but you still have Foley there, you have Big Show running in, you have McMahon-Helmsley involvement. Do you think maybe there is the danger still that there could be too much going on at WrestleMania 2000 in your situation? Uh, Quite possibly, but I think the crowds were still that hot they would have just loved all these extra caveats. They wouldn't. I don't think they would have cared if, like, say, Big Show was in for two minutes, then got eliminated. Then McFoley was in for two minutes. They're still going to react to stuff. Um, so instead of having that kind of um, thing of these extra pinfalls, we can still get the shenanigans. We can still get all that kind of stuff, but just keep it as a singles match itself. I'm realizing as I'm kind of pitching this, I don't want to poke holes in my own theory. This is very similar to Steve Austin and The Rock the year before WrestleMania 15. But don't let that, don't let facts get in the way to a good pitch. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You probably shouldn't have even said that. <laughs> but you have, so it's, it's not down in the notepad. Um, but last but certainly not least is the big dog, Alan McLucas. Alan, take us home for this first segment of the What If Show. What is your pitch here, sir? My pitch is the greatest travesty in wrestling history. WrestleMania 17, Rock is screwed by Austin. Not with me, he's not. So we get to the main event in WrestleMania 17. Vince comes in to screw Rock, goes to hit him with a chair. Rock ducks, cracks Austin. Rock, Rock bombs Vince, lays him out. And as Rock has realised he's been screwed, he turns around, Austin starts to get up and he says, there's only one way to finish this. He flips Austin off, Stone Cold Sunner, one, two, three. He beats Austin with his own move, retains the title. We go to the Raw after. Austin's furious. Not only losing WrestleMania, but getting beat by his own finisher. But he's now aligned with McMahon, and he's had enough, and he's going after Rock. During this point, remember he aligned with Triple H. This still happens. Triple H and Stephanie go with them, and they, a week after a week, they go after the Rock, beating him down when he's fighting other people. Rock is getting fed up with us. So at the Judgment Day, Rock demands a no disqualification match with Austin. Rock beats Austin after Triple H accidentally hits Austin with the title. Rock, Rock bottoms him, gets him at the ring, wins. Rock, after wrestling, after Judgment Day, has decided he's done with Austin. He's beaten him twice. He doesn't want him anymore. He wants a new challenger. Vince and Austin come out with Triple H and Steph are still not finished with him yet. They surround the ring. The Rock's sitting there and he's a big Cuban shot. The WWF title on his shoulder, looking like the man. And then David, your favourite person in wrestling, comes out. Linda McMahon. <gasps> no! She says, that's it. So, she says, we're going to have a number one contenders match for the king of the ring. And she tells Austin, this is your last chance. But he's not in the number one contenders match. Number one contender match is Triple H versus Undertaker. We go to King the Ring with Undertaker versus Austin versus Rock. And this is where it gets messy. Because Taker aligns with Austin and it becomes a handicap match. Rock is going to have his arse handed to him all over the place. Stephanie comes in, starts shouting abuse, hits Austin with, Austin hits Rock with a chair. Then Linda comes out and takes Stephanie with a chair. Then Triple H appears, takes out Linda. Rock gets back up, takes out Triple H. But before you know it, Taker, Russ McMahon helping him, take out The Rock. And as Taker is ready to go down, pin rock Austin hits rock Austin hits Taker with a steel chair but it doesn't work because Taker gets up and tombstones Austin onto the chair one two three Rock is furious with this because he's fed up with Austin and he decides he's have one last match with Austin in the cage at the Lex pay-per-view which was invading Rock beats Austin as it becomes a number one contenders match to go to SummerSlam to beat 
Undertaker at SummerSlam. Beats him clean in the ring, one, two, three, with everyone barred from ringside. And just to finish it off, because it's my what if, Rock retains the title to SummerSlam 02, where he'd eventually drop it to Brock Lesnar and becomes the most dominant champion in WWF history. It's meaty. It's meaty and it includes Linda. So as you can all tell, I am happy. I'm very pleased. Linda McMahon hit Stephanie with a cheer. That is what I took from the pitch. But Jack, while I while I compose myself, while I try and regain my professionalism here, what do you think of Alan's pitch? What do you make of his what if scenario here? Uh, I it's 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 good. It's, it's it's there's a lot there's a lot to it. There's a lot that that could have happened with it. But uh, I think my only. My only thing with it is that you, 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 you say yourself, you and Ross, you are like the Ross, like the the Rock's biggest, biggest fans, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this pitch is coming for the better of wrestling or to appease your liking of the Rock. It's both. Rock winning is good for wrestling. That was a, that to me. I'm not biggest fan of long title reigns, but during Attitude Era. The WWE's title changed hands far too many times too quickly. Nobody got a solid run with it. So that's where Rock had a solid run with the title. And he does it twice. He has the solid run right up to King of the Ring. And then he wins it back from SummerSlam and then becomes a dominant champion. Beat everyone all the way up to O2 SummerSlam. But they'd eventually drop it to Lesnar and then run up to Hollywood. He's still also Triple H because he's still got sort of an upper mid-carder. And that's what's even though he's been the champion, he's on upper mid-carder, so he's still getting Triple H in the main event. Taker there, the legend, his status, always been in the main event scene. And then you've got the McMahons in there as well. I mean, it's, it's got everything. It's a bit everything for everybody, especially David. He's got Linda there. I do have Linda there. It's very true, he's very accurate on that. Alan, the only thing, it's kind of linked to a jackass there, but I am going to ask about one man in particular, and that is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Obviously, after Mania 17, it isn't the fondest part of his career for many. A lot of people felt the heel turn doesn't work, but are you worried that in your situation, you've jobbed him out one too many times, beaten at WrestleMania, beaten at Judgment Day, beaten in the, um, at uh, King of the Ring as well, and then like he just falls off the face of the earth as we get Rock Taker uh, at SummerSlam. What's happened? Have you have you diminished the stock of Stone Cold too much in this scenario? Because if you think about it, see any time. Vince has aligned himself with a champion, a top contender. They've been the whiny, bitchy, moaning, uh, coward, like he'll, and that's what Austin has turned into. He's turned into the bitchy, whiny, moaning, a coward character. But obviously, as we'll, we'll go forward in line, eventually turns and Vince and comes back to the badass that we all know and love. But I think if he he was a bit whiny and bitchy, but see if he had more go against him, it would have been more believable and more, I think more intriguing because you're already expecting to be turned around at Stone Cold. You know, he's always one of the top two guys, he's going to do it. But to see Stone Cold being that whiny, bitchy guy and just not getting ahead at all, it's quite intriguing because it's a bit like Baron Corbin before he became happy Corbin, homeless, a bum, doing nothing. And he actually became intriguing and got over. So this would probably possibly help Austin get over with the heel gimmick because he's becoming pathetic. 
and it's a side of Austin that nobody had ever seen before. Interesting, interesting. Well, gentlemen, all of you have pitched. Jack has pitched. Kurt Angle versus Sting. WrestleMania 18 will be a great match. We've got WrestleMania is going forward with Sting, fixing other situations, but there is no Kane. Daniel pitches Eddie versus Taker at Mania 22. Maybe a bit of a, a convenient way to get into the story, but it's going to be a great match. Some great mic work in the build-up and Eminem get a very, very important win. Billy, Mania 2000, fixing that main event somewhat with the caveat. Is there maybe still too much going on? But it is the one-on-one match a lot of people want to see. And Alan McLucas has decided to go all in on The Rock. Is it at the expense of, of everyone else in the company? We don't know. But his attitude here is its finest nonetheless. Now, you'll notice that I ringed that, that all that off there because a couple of you have pandered to me. It's, it's very noble and I like it. But I'm not going to be voting. Gentlemen, it's going to be each of you who decides who's your favourite what-if scenario out of your competitors. So, Jack, I'm going to come to you. Out of the other three what-if scenarios you've heard, which one was your favourite? Um, I think that... Uh, do I need to give reason as to why I'm saying the favourite? Or I... Yeah, just go well, whatever. It's up to you, you know? Right. I'm not, uh, I'm not marking your homework. You know, my favourite out of the three is Billy's because I liked Guerrero and well, what I liked what would have been for Guerrero and Shawn Michaels. I don't know. I think Undertaker hang would have been good, but I, I, I think I would have just rather have seen Guerrero, Shawn Michaels, and I, I do think that the with the. The, the jobbing out of Austin, as you said, and and I do think maybe the the the, the not not the not the, the short sightedness of Alan's love for the Rock. I, I, I've got me I may have got that stuck in the back of my head when I shouldn't, but I think that I think I enjoyed I enjoyed Billy's pitch the most. All right, Daniel, what about yourself? I'll admit, oof, this is going to be a tricky one now. I would say this one I enjoyed, but I do have things I would personally change about it. And also a, a big question that we didn't touch upon is I would go with the Rock storyline coming out of Mania 17. Okay. But my question, but I wouldn't have Austin lose so many times, like give him a win here or there, maybe through shady shenanigans or whatever. But then my question is, what becomes of the Scorpion King? <laughs> doesn't get time off to go film it. There's no Scorpion King, Alan. How dare you? You're, you're disqualified. Uh, because of this alone, <laughs> but, but Daniel, your vote registered for Alan. Billy, what's your vote? Um, yeah, my, my, I did have a thought of what happened to the Scorpion King as well. So yeah, great minds. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mine. I have all them strong, strong pitches for all of them. But I just for for my own curiosity, I'd go for Sting. Sting coming in. I mean, I, I, aside from my concerns about what's happening to Kane, but I'll I'll put that aside for a minute. Um, I would I would like to see what would have happened to the greater world of, of pro wrestling if Sting uh, made an appearance at WrestleMania 18. And Alan, what are you going for? All of them are really really good. I enjoyed them all. I just feel the Sting one would be too TNA like. Um, you know, I, d- I don't see Sting wanting to work. The- like well, I don't need I got the chance to like with Rock and Austin very often. Um, you know, I did like Billy's, but I think I have to go for Dan's Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> and, and I knew this would happen. Classic, and just the thought of Eddie hitting the chair of things, throwing it at Taker, 
and dropping the ref turning and take over the chair and the ref looking at him and him just looking at the ref ref's getting no balls to disqualify him that's just comic genius right there you're like no decent like take a lose by DQ no way so I just like, I think I think Dan would be a would be a good shout fair enough I knew this would happen these are all despicable disgusting human beings who are overly competitive I would never do such a thing but since it's a tie the deciding vote comes to me and because I think there's there's a lot less negatives I can put on this one than I can put on the others and with the extra caveat that it's getting another team over as well Daniel Eddie versus Taker at Mania 22 wins the day for me in part one congratulations I would like to thank the academy for this award <laughs> this yeah boss I did it <laughs> <laughs> they like you. They really, really like you. But it's on to part two now. We have a fresh slate. The second half of this What If programme will deal with WrestleMania's 25 to 37. And we are going in the reverse order. Alan McLucas, we are starting with you. Give us your pitch, sir. All right, this is quite a long one to be comfy. The second biggest travesty in wrestling history. WrestleMania 30, the end of the streak. So... In my what-if, Taker doesn't lose to Lesnar. There's no concussion. The match goes as planned. But the way Taker wins is he makes Lesnar tap out to the devil's gate. Paul Heyman is absolutely furious. The crowd's gone ballistic. There's no 21-1. He's 22-0. Everyone's happy. We get to roll after Mania and Taker comes out. But Taker looks like a broken man. He's sore. He's hurt because Lesnar's flung him out like a ragdoll. Taker says... He's done. He will not fight at WrestleMania again. He's had enough. He's done. He's got nothing left to prove and leaves. We don't see him again. We get to the Rumble, number 30. Dung. Crowd goes ballistic. Nothing happens. Then we get the second dung. The lights go out. Everyone goes ballistic. They come back up. There's nothing. Everyone in the ring has stopped moving out of fear at this point. Then the third dung. And then keep rolling, 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 rolling up. Keep. Biker Taker comes out with the Harley right down to that ring. The place is going ape shit. I've got goosebumps just talking about it. He circles the ring, he's circling his prey. Everyone in this ring is shitting themselves because they like they're taking on the baddest motherfucker that's ever appeared in wrestling. Taker goes into the ring and eliminates them all with ease, winning the Rumble. Showing his dominance again as the big dog, the top dog in wrestling. It's still his yard. We get to the Raw after Mania, sorry, Raw after the Rumble, and he says he's going to Mania to finish Lesnar, who is still the WWE Champion. However, at this point, we hear no chance getting played, and Mr. McMahon walks down to the ramp of his swagger and reminds Taker that he said he was done. He'll never fight in Mania again. He ain't getting the title shot. And he's got no chance of getting it. Take a choke, slams up, walks out. We get to the following week, and weeks and weeks and weeks, it's a verbal barrage between the two. Taker says he's going to fight, he's going to take that title. Vince tells him not a chance. And we get to the Raw before uh, Fastlane. Take a choke, slams or choke, slams uh, Vince, and begins to walk away. Vince coming round from the chokeslam, spins on his stomach in the ring, still holding the mic. 
and he says you're going to live to regret that decision. So the roll after Fastlane, Vince comes out and calls Taker. Taker appears to the ring and he tells him, you've got your match at Mania, but you're not going to be alone. He confirms it's going to be a Hell in a Cell six-man elimination and he doesn't know who he's going to face yet. So the crowd's loving it. Taker, no flinching. As he's not flinching, watching Vince go up the ramp, Lesnar comes out, F5. Lesnar's just certainly his dominance. And Lesnar continues attacking Taker week after week, up until the four weeks before Mania, where Vince announces we're going to have every week a fatal four way where the winner will be added to the elimination match at WrestleMania. The first week, Kane wins his fatal four and becomes the first person added. And that's a point of triple threat. Week two, Roman Reigns wins his. Now we've got a fatal four way in. Week three, Randy Orton wins his. And then week four, we get a surprise engine appearing at the very end of the fatal four way and comes on to win it. Big money John. John Cena becomes the last person to enter the match. So in the Hell in a Cell, six-man elimination, we have Lesnar, Taker, Kane, Reigns, Orton, Cena. We get to Mania. Undertaker's the last one down to the ring. They're all in the ring waiting. The cage gets, the cell gets lowered. And as it gets lowered and the door gets locked, Vince's music plays. Vince tells everyone, Taker, I told you, you had no chance. And this is why it's going to happen. Everyone is informed that Lesnar, Kane, Reigns, Orton and Cena cannot pin each other. They can only pin Taker. So essentially it becomes a 5-on-1 handicap match where they go after Undertaker. So the match is an absolute slobber knocker. The cell is barraged and broken. During the match, Lesnar puts Reigns through the cell. Orton, or Fear the Undertaker, getting reminiscence of his match when he had the Undertaker at WrestleMania, climbs the cell, trying to escape Taker. Taker catches him and choke slams him off the top of the cell through the announce tables. It's an absolute brutal match. Paul Heyman gets attacked by Cena. You know, it's absolute mayhem. Bodies everywhere. There's chairs, there's ladders, there's tables. Every weapon conceivable is in the ring and it's being used. And in this JRC, it's an absolute slobber knocker. It's a one-hour match. And our first elimination doesn't come till the 30th minute when I've already told you how it happened. Orton getting chokeslammed off the roof through the tables. He's eliminated when Taker climbs down and pins him. Kane is then eliminated by Taker. At this point, Reigns, Cena, Lesnar, totally dominant overtaker beating them battering them chair after chair shot until they go to pin and then they turn on each other and they have their own match but eventually Reigns would be F5 outside of the ring into the cell pin but not by any of them because Taker was lying beside him and puts his hand out to pin him Cena and Lesnar is brutal and Lesnar realises he can't pin Cena so he pulls Taker into the ring and puts it, take his arm over him after still Taker struggling from the beating he's taking. We get down to one on one to which Taker eventually, after the barrage of beating, as Lesnar goes to pick him up to give him his fifth F5 Devil's Gate again. And Lesnar taps in the ring. Taker's done it, he's beaten a lot. 
He's a bloody mess that brings a state to sell. It's got broken parts all over it. And as Taker slowly gets to his knee as he goes to raise his hand to the urn, Seth Rollins' music hits. Seth has came for the cash in and he fails. Taker somehow gets a choke slam to him and then tombstones him on the case. One, two, three. And Taker slowly walks back up the ramp as the new WWE champion to only come back out the next night and say I'm done and retires at 23 and 0 and as the Sheik should have been untarnished and finishes his career retires as an undefeated WWE champion Oof, that escalated quickly dearie me I feel like I've been on a bit of a a bit of a roller coaster ride with that one. We started off merely with the streak staying intact against Lesnar, and somehow ended up with a, a six-man elimination hell in a cell match. Alan, kudos for the the planning and the storytelling put into that one. But I need to come to actually Billy Strachan on this because he came in today and he was going to pitch. Uh, a story involving changing the, the outcome of Taker and Lesnar. So, Billy, I know you have something to say and some thoughts on the pitch you've just heard from Alan. I, th- I think I need to take a minute to, to recover. That was an epic. Uh, a, a lot happening. I don't know if I liked a lot of it, but, you know, it's 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 his pitch, it's Alan's pitch, so um, he goes for it. Yeah, my, my suggestion wasn't even that exciting. It was nowhere near that exciting. Uh, it was really going to be uh, the Undertaker defeats Brock Lesnar by disqualification so he still keeps the streak intact Brock just keeps pinning him can't defeat him and then eventually just wails on him uh, repeatedly and calls DQ throws him off the stage with an F5 you know and then we get the kind of story that played out Um, but no that was thank god I'm sitting down that was that was that was a bit wild yeah, that was that was like it wasn't epic. I think is the best way to describe it. But Alan, as much as I, I love the the intrigue here, the changing things, and you know what, it's exciting. If anything, it's exciting, and it's unpredictable, and it's something that is a bit fresh. You know, I did like that aspect of it. My question to you is: Are you sacrificing maybe similar to the first half with the Rock? too many people to put Undertaker over, particularly Seth Rollins. People love that cash-in moment at WrestleMania 31. WrestleMania 31 is actually a very well-received WrestleMania. So do you think maybe you're actually, like I say, sacrificing Rollins? Reigns doesn't win the Rumble for a lot of people. They'd be happy with that, probably. But what's your response to that? Taker doesn't need to get put over. Being in a match with Taker, another person's getting put over regardless of the result because you're in the ring with Taker. I mean, Orton had already lost to Taker at WrestleMania. Cena hadn't really ever had a match with Taker, but you know we never really got a proper classic with the two of them. But the fact is, Cena being in the match, the main guy in wrestling versus the legend, I don't think you're going to say Cena's getting squashed. He's not going to get put over because Cena's going to do a good job. Kane's already been lost at WrestleMania to Taker. Uh, Reigns, everyone's against him, so there's no chance he's winning. Um, but he's already the uprising star. The guy we've we'll talked about in previous shows, especially the Roman Reigns show, which came out last month. Wrestled by Australia, people were fed up with him winning, so they don't want him to win. Yes, the cash is a great part of Mania, but I won't lie. At the time, I was fucking furious that it happened because I didn't feel that he was ready to be the champion. But I don't agree if it would affect it would have put Rollins down because it gave Rollins the chance 
to go after the vacant title and probably win the tournament to win the title thereafter. Fair, fair. Well, Alan, we're going to let you relax, right? After that big epic that you just put on for us there because it's time to come back to Billy. Billy, what's your picture? Your, your what-if scenario for part two? Well, again, this is a bit of a come down after all that, but uh, I'm at WrestleMania 31. You mentioned it being a generally well-received rumble, uh, rumble, WrestleMania, rumble on the brain, uh, WrestleMania. Um, but there was one one match I wanted to change. No, it's not Sting Triple H. It is the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Um, so in my world, it's not on the kickoff. This needs to be on the main show to get the full scope of the crowd reaction. Uh, we're still down to the final three. We've still got The Miz, the big show, and Damien Mizdow. Yes. Uh, the Miz and Mizdow, they, they actually work as a team. They eliminate the big show because he did nothing with that win of the Andre Giant Moral Battle Royal. He just stood next to it and didn't lift it because you know, because uh, it's too heavy. Um, so we've got down to Miz and Miz Dow. The Miz turns to Miz Dow, points to, to go over the top rope. He hesitates. The crowd's going mad because they love Miz Dow. They've been, they've been championing him for the last however long it's been. And uh, just as it looks like the Miz is about to win, Mizdow turns around, grabs him by the back of the neck, and throws him over the top rope. Mizdow is your Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. The crowd goes wild. Next night on Raw, it's guest hosted. I'm going to do some pandering here. It's guest hosted by Trish Stratus. She's guest hosting. Yeah, it's <laughs> And she goes to Mizdow. Mizdow's got his trophy, and he's, he's taken the top off. So he's now got like an Oscar. So he's not taking this whole thing. He's just now got like an Oscar. And Trish tells him that because of his win, he gets a title shot at, at next event with Extreme Rules. Um, the Miz comes in and goes, well, as Bizdow is my stunt double, I'm taking the title shot. Bizdow looks all dejected. And he's taking it at Extreme Rules against new Intercontinental Champion, Daniel Bryan. So, got Daniel Bryan versus The Miz at Extreme Rules with Mizdow looking all dejected and uh, in the lead up to this you get tag matches there's some miscommunication uh, between Miz Dow and The Miz but when it comes to Extreme Rules Miz wins but with some shenanigans it looks like he's going to lose because Miz Dow's interference has backfired but we get the, I mean I was going to add another thing with, with this going to be Brian's like I, if, if Brian can't beat The Miz he was going to retire because he shouldn't be losing to The Miz but that's a whole other caveat for another time probably um, so we've got Miz wins Miz is Cornell champion Miz Dow has still got his little trophy and uh, this all leads to The Miz berating Miz Dow over his interference almost costing him this title and uh, the crowd's going going chanting at Miz Dow chanting Sandow even and then in two weeks before payback Sandow snaps and beats up the Miz and we get at payback which is an app title for this feud payback Miz Dow Damien Sandow against the Miz Intercontinental Championship excellent tell me Sandow wins yeah uh yeah why not (laughs) fantastic that's just what I needed there the cherry on top of the cake uh, was what I wanted that is is phenomenal who thought that in this show we would get a pitch that led to Damien Sandow winning the Intercontinental Championship but I love it Jack you let out a yes when Billy started with this argument what are your thoughts on this one 
Oh, I knew exactly where it was going to go when I heard Battle Royal in the final scene which remained the same. And to be honest, you could have ended your pitch at him winning that the 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 Battle Royal, and that would that would have been me. I'd have been I'd have been happy. That was that was great. That was that was really that was that was so shit watching that and then Big Show winning it just to kind of get that pause at the end. I felt and that was it. Nothing happened. You've 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 made that the Andre the Giant Battle Battle Royale Memorial thing meaningful you made it mean something you played into the, the story that made sense i think that was i think that was unreal i think that was great i i would tend to agree i would tend to agree and you know trish and the oscars you know like, I, I do feel you're maybe trying to sweep me up a bit too much billy you know <laughs> I, i'm getting a bit of diarrhea uh, from all the sweeteners that you're giving me here <laughs> i can't lie but maybe maybe my only thing is um you're getting Miz versus Brian, and you, you talk. Tell me about that that little tidbit of information you gave me there. Is this maybe trying to give a storyline reason for Brian retiring for so yeah. long, rather than just the injury angle? And that would actually play into maybe the talking smack moment down the line. Yeah, that was kind of the where I was. I was thinking. I thought I was getting a bit too. I thought I had like too many details coming in here. But yeah, I think the the Daniel Bryan declaring that he doesn't think. That well, he thinks that if the Miz beats him, that he doesn't deserve to be in a wrestling ring anymore, because the Miz is a is a phony wrestler. He's he's the safe bet. He's a safe wrestler. He doesn't take any risks. And, uh, and then once once the match happens and and the Miz wins, then you could get uh, he's going to take a couple of weeks off, and then we can still get the big retirement um, in May that year, and uh, he can even put some seeds in saying that um, due to his, his ladder match at WrestleMania and his match with The Miz just to it, just to put that little seed in for for a, a comeback years down the line um, I think we'd add just a little bit of a, a little bit of extra spice to the match for a last minute addition to this show you've brought it with that one that is a very very solid one I love it but Daniel can you talk what we've heard so far from this modern era of WrestleMania what ifs? What do you have to bring to the table, sir? We seem to have a trend for WrestleMania 31, so let's keep it going. I have a Mania 31 pitch because I think there's a, there's a match that Mania 31 also happened to be on the anniversary of that I think could do with a little sequel for Mania. So, Let's rewind the clock a year. The greatest, this like one of the greatest travesties in wrestling, as Alan described it, has taken place. The streak is over. Everyone's like, "What the fuck happened to Undertaker? What's happened?" And Taker isn't seen after WrestleMania, much like he was in the lead up to 31. We don't see Taker until the show. But the difference is, it isn't Bray Wyatt drawing him out, because I'm going to be honest, hot take. I wasn't a fan of the Wyatt Taker storyline. I think, just honestly, wrong time. That could have been maybe a Mania story, but you know that's for another one to talk about. So instead, as we're leading up to the Royal Rumble, things begin happening. You know, the gong occasionally hits, fans are booing because obviously he's not coming out. The lights will flicker. There'll be like the you know the screens making white noise, static. And then in the Rumble match itself, the gong hits, allowing for the elimination of Randy Orton. Randy thinks, okay, that might be targeted at me. It might not be. If it is, you're going to have hell to answer for. 
So over the next couple of weeks, the, the shenanigans begin to happen again. And Randy does realize their targets and me. So Randy decides at the next pay-per-view just to come out and say, you know what? I've realized that you have a bone to pick with me, Undertaker. It's bad enough that I took you to your limit at WrestleMania 21. It's bad enough that your like mystique died last year at the hands of Brock Lesnar. You're on fumes right now. And if there's one thing I do to legends running on fumes, I kill legends. I may be the apex predator, but I always have room for killing a legend. So how about this? WrestleMania 31, 10 years on, the Viper versus the Phenom. Undertaker Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Taker does something fancy, you know, lightning strike on the ramp. A big yes appears on the screen. Daniel Bryan fans who are a bit confused begin chanting, you know, something can happen there. We get to WrestleMania. Seth is busy doing other things. Actually, there you go. Seth can work with Bray Wyatt on the show. Give him, give them something to do. Taker comes out looking a bit healthier than last time, which, to be fair, would be pretty good. I mean, he did on 31, so let's keep that going. And Randy and Taker have a a Randy and Taker match. But the only difference is, this time Randy's a lot more of a seasoned hand when it's in the ring. So, Taker's managing to get some of the old hits. The fans get, you still got it. But then very quickly, Randy takes control. He hits that backbreaker that he does. Taker's all of a sudden on the defensive. Randy just keeps targeting the back of the Undertaker. Because if you take out Undertaker's back, you remove a lot of his arsenal. Eventually, Randy has attacked Taker's back relentlessly. He's in the corner trying to hit some punches. Taker attempts the last raid. Orton manages to land on his feet. RKO out of nowhere. One, two, foot on the rope. Taker couldn't even get the arm up. He could only move his feet. So Randy's just slithering away like, I've got it in the bag here. Randy's tapping his head as though I know what he's going to do. Randy patiently waits. Taker sets up. Randy instantly charges him with a knee to the back. Taker is reeling again. Randy picks him up, continues some more of the beatdown. And then Randy manages to hit the spot he went for all those years ago. Randy scoops up Undertaker, Tombstone Piledriver, to the Undertaker. But Randy instead this time slides away. Taker is slowly beginning to move. Orton backs into the corner. He's getting ready. The fans know what he's wanting. Randy wants to kick Taker's head off and send it into the popcorn stands in the aisles. Randy charges for Taker. Taker, using the momentum, scoops Orton, hits a lightning-quick tombstone pile driver, and just with his arm slumped over him, Undertaker puts away Randy Orton by the narrowest of margins. Taker returns with a win, and then later on he'll go to claim his pound of flesh from Brock Lesnar. Mm, it's interesting. In the match, 
I actually think out of the the match descriptions we've got, that's probably one of the best that I've heard. I'm I'm listening and I'm popping. I'm like, oh, for the near fall. I'm like, oh, they almost got him there. They almost had him. Uh, but Alan, do you agree with me? Were you were you intrigued by this story that Dan has put forth? Uh, of course I was. I thought it was a very good story. Um, like the fact that Tegel runs, um, Randy doesn't go over. I like the fact the storytelling about the bag, going after the bag, taking it to the Arsenal. Um, and the play of it, the, the, the whole yes thing, <laughs> getting Brian's fans mixed in. I thought it was very good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Nice. The only thing I would say is, Dan, you have set yourself up for another story at Mania 31 here. Rollins versus Wyatt. Give me a brief description of how that one looks. So let's say Seth is, you know, thinking he's Billy Big Boss with J&J Security. He's like, I am untouchable. I've got this briefcase, which means I can easily drop on Brock Lesnar at any time. I can strike whenever I want. And then he's met by someone who also has two people backing him up. Bray Wyatt, accompanied by Harper and Rowan. And eventually Bray plays some mind games. Seth thinks he's the architect, but Bray ends up just pushing him out a wee bit more. And so you get WrestleMania and Bray and Seth have their action in the ring. And then eventually on the outside, the fans are popping big because J&J Security and Harper and Rowan start going absolutely nuts with each other. <laughs> and there's a brawl on the outside. Forget blooming DX and the NWO. The fans want J&J Security versus Harper and Rowan. So <laughs> it leads to all sorts of glorious moments. Bray goes for Sister Abigail and Seth manages to like turn safely out of the way. Bray isn't quick enough to get back up. Stomp. One, two, three. Oh, I like how you did that off the cuff. Very good, Daniel. What a storyteller this man is. But to round us off in part two, he kicked off the show in part one. He's rounded us off in part two. Jack Graham, finish it out, son. What's happening? Uh, uh, this is not going to be one that I think will be well received by by many, many people. But uh, with the, 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 the timing of certain announcements that happened when this group chat was created, uh, uh, it was it, it kind of fell on its lap a bit for me, and I'm going to go to WrestleMania 30, 35, I believe it was, and I am going to go with Hi. what happened if Mustafa Ali never got injured before Elimination Chamber. So obviously, at that point, we have. Mustafa Ali going up against Randy Orton and they are fighting in their match to determine the order of which they kind of they'd be released in the chamber because you had Brian Orton was going to be Ali Jeff Hardy just down Samoa Joe and he gets a kind of a light head injury at that point then a house show the following week ends up taking a bad turnbuckle spot that gives him a proper concussion he's out the match and we see at that point that uh, Kofi Kingston gets to come into the, the Elimination Chamber, has that excellent showing, and then the rocket gets strapped onto his back and boom, sent sent to the moon, gets Kofi Mania. But in this story that I'm about to tell, Kofi Mania does not happen. Nothing happens with Kofi Kingston. You see, uh, the match kind of take place as it is, but instead of Kofi Kingston, it is just Ali. Ali never gets concussed, and Ali puts on the exact same performance as what Kofi Kingston does. 
and the maybe not the not maybe not the same size a rocket gets strapped to Ali at this point, but a, a rocket does get strapped onto Ali nonetheless. The, the, the fans are behind them; they want to see him have a title match, and we see that happen at Fastlane against Daniel Bryan. So he does lose the Elimination Chamber, and we get that match at Fastlane of Daniel Bryan versus Mustafa. Uh, we, of which, unfortunately, he loses. But with with this, uh, we know we, we know we know we know Vince is like and Vince is Vince isn't going to change in my in my story here that uh, he just doesn't like Ali. And obviously, when this was going on, Ali requested his release. This is this is why the the, the pitch has worked out well for me. And Ali ends up doing nothing but the the battle royale and on Mania. Kofi ends up doing. Uh, getting added to the the Fatal 4-way tag match. He'll take Big E with him because of the Fatal 5-way tag match with the Usos, Ricochet and Alistair Black. You've got Rusev, Nakamura, Cesaro and Sheamus. But you add in Kofi and Big E. Because why not? Because the New Day can always get involved in a tag match. But the WWE title match leaves that kind of uh, unpictured, so to speak. Who does who that happen? Well, the man that should have had the match originally, who was slated to be in that match, Kevin Owens does get into that match. He comes back from his long injury off the shelf. He uh, works his way into getting a match with Brian. Has an excellent match. Becomes WWE champion. And then the the rest kind of plays out how it how it has played out. Really, except in the case of obviously we saw Owens join New Day or whatever. Then turning that kind of becomes Kofi's t- first title defense. We just we do have a Kofi versus. Owens match, Owens wins. Ali still is in the Money in the Bank match. Brock Lesnar still comes out. Brock Lesnar still cashes in his Money in the Bank on Owens and becomes a WWE champion when the move to Fox happens. So yeah, not one that will be pleased by by many people, but if that injury never happened to Ali, I think it would have been a very, very bleak few months for WWE. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. No Kofi Mania. Let's see if it pays off for him. Daniel, what do you think about about this what-if scenario? Maybe a, a dark cloud on the day here provided by Jack Graham. It's a dark day. Yes, it is. But what I'm thinking is, uh, the Ali situation, I always had wondered what could have happened if Ali had not been injured and we got the match they were going for. The only thing I would say is, like, are you like in terms of big storylines for Ali? Like, who would you have him like go against? Like, who would be your his first big challenger after getting the title off of Brian? No, he didn't get the title off of Brian. Ah, my mistake. And that's why. So he, he, he's he, he's in the final two at the chamber, and then instead of the triple threat match where it was Owens, Ali, and Brian, it's just Ali versus Brian, and he loses that, and Owens come. Owens is still coming back, and he was wanting to get. Involved in another picture some way, and he gets involved after that. All right, so if if he's involved with that, like I, I'm guessing at that point, you feel Ali would not have been able to. Wait, is there a particular reason why Ali doesn't get the title? Uh, Vince McMahon. Just Vince. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I don't. I don't think there needs to be any other reason than that. I don't think Vince has been a big fan of him at all. I think that if if Ali got the exact same reaction and the exact same. Ali Mania, let's call it right, or Mustafa Mania on, on Twitter, right? Mustafa Mania is good. Kofi, like Kofi got that. He's been in that company for so, so long and he's a he's like a reliable figure in that. And uh, maybe 
Vince was kind of like, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Vince would not have that reaction with Ali. There's, that, that trust isn't there with him to make that happen, I don't think. Oh, I don't... Maybe it's the most realistic what-if scenario we've heard today. You know? Is that what we're... What is going to bring you the votes, though? You know? Because maybe it's just too depressing, Jack. Maybe on this fine day, you know, with all that's going on in the world, you know what I mean? We didn't need this. Look outside your window. Is it raining? Yes. Exactly what that show needed. Exactly what that show needed. I thought you were going to tell me it was sunny in here. And I was no. like, oh, I'm terribly jealous. Like, <laughs> the name like, of his new musical, he's debuting. Sunshine in there. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, listen, I think it's time to take it to the vote. Will they do what they did last time, just force a tie? I have no idea. But, Alan, it's first to you. Who are you going to give your vote to out of your fellow, you know, whatever's here today? It's quite interesting. Um, I like I like the most. It, there's certain things that I feel like really, if you win the battle, you should be getting a world title shot, no, a mid-card title shot. I feel that's where it kind of fell flat. Um, <laughs> the alley one I've always thought about, but I do kind of feel they went the same way as Kofi, but... Vince, I think, is more likely to put the title on someone who's new and he's done it several times before fairly easily. Um, so I think, again, I probably have to go and go. And I hate to say this because he's already won one and I want to win one. I'm fed up, always been left out of last. I think I have to eat to Dan. Dan's is probably the most consistent one and the most entertaining one out with my own. Fair enough. Daniel gets the vote there. Billy, who are you voting for? Uh, again, some some really strong pitches with with like like you said, there's there's issues I have with all of them, um, but because we're get, in in this in this extra bit he added at the last minute off the cuff of getting J and J security against the Wyatt family, uh, it's it's Dan. Wow, Dan was confirmed. Dan, who would you have went for? Uh, I would have went with me as well. No, I'm kidding on. Um, I'll be honest, like I would say probably more for me. You know what? I want to see Miz. I want to see Mizdo get a moment in the sun. Yeah. Bring on Mizdo! <laughs> Jack, who's your vote for? Uh, yeah, mine's mine's Mizdo as well. It's it's, 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 I, I don't. A lot happened with Allen's. I don't like that Brock Lesnar taps. Okay. That it's. Uh, I, I, I don't like Brock Lesnar should tap. For no votes. Fuck you all! I, mean, I don't know what's either. I don't know what you're, I, I don't know what you're complaining about. Uh, uh, Daniels, I think was it was very good. I really, really like Daniels, but it's 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 out. It's the moment everyone wanted to see. There's just something there's something so spe- special oh. with that. And for like coming in just like an hour to go before this recording and bringing out something that's can stellar as that. Bizdow wins it for me, Billy. Right, Here's, it's now two to two, so it is a tie again. But I'll I'll respect this one a bit more since it's not a four-way tie. Uh, a fucking vote in every corner match at Mania 2000. But uh, I, I agree with the judge and Jack. It was just too depressy, Bessie, for me. Uh, to, to, you know, that was <laughs> I was thinking, me off. Ali wins the title. That's a good one. But you're just like, no, Ali's no. still in the war mid card. <laughs> Ali never gets anything. Kofi doesn't get anything. Kevin Owens gets up. That was good. I like the Kevin Owens one. To be fair. Uh, Alan, like I said, a lot. The thing, I think, Alan, do you know your downfall? Just too much. I downfall was fucking perfect. 
<laughs> you just had two. You had two grand plans here. I like, know. Can only appreciate my artisticness. You, you're ahead of your time. You're ahead of your time, Vince Russo. But it's, it's tied with the other two. <laughs> so, and I do think these two are my favourites. And I think Dan, you've done a great job here. I think similar to your first one, taking an Undertaker match, making it better just by switching out an opponent. And then it's your description of the match that, that sells it really well. The G&G versus Harper and Warren bit popped me. And then your ability to then just book Rollins, uh, like, I, like I said, Rollins versus Wyatt and the Fly was great. The Orton-Taker match sounds good. But I do have to give it to Billy because it's one of those classic ones where you've taken, we stand Mizdo. Yeah, we stand Mizdo. You've taken a moment that definitely just should have happened and just made it happen and given us what we wanted to see. And I think what won you over, because Dan maybe had that, like Harper and Rowan versus GJ Security, which uh, why are we discussing that tag match? I don't know, but like, that's not something anyone has fantasy booked before. Um, but the fact that you then added the wee caveat with Daniel Bryan, adding some seasoning to the retirement and the Miz story, I think, Billy, you are the winner in this second half of, of the What If show. Congratulations for a last-minute addition as well. Oh, imagine what I could have done with, with some prep. Yeah, exactly. But it's brilliant stuff, guys. Brilliant stuff. I need to thank the panel who are here today in What If. Alan, big ideas, big shots, big commiserations to you, sir. Fuck you all, I'm never doing a show this again. I'll wait. <laughs> he's, he's taking his ball and he's away back to his way back home. But uh, Jack, also commiserations today for some, some solid pictures and you've brought us back down to reality, sir, which is what we needed. Ali's in the mud, in the mud, Ali's in the mud. Na, 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 no, great time. Daniel, well done winning in the first half. Eddie versus Taker, fantastic stuff. Thank you, thank you very much. Catch us next time on an episode of Bit Wait a Minute. <laughs> and then Billy, the last minute addition, coming in clutch there. Uh, we stand Miz now, sir. Um, it's almost like I've, I've tried to, to pick all your weak spots and, and thought, right, I'm going to throw it all into this this particular pitch. But no, I've had an absolute blast on, on very little. Uh, notice I'm, I'm yeah I had, I had a really great time thanks for asking me on oh man Trish Linda Oscars it's all inside this happy meal I've been David Campbell I'll be your Huckleberry see you next time on SSR goodbye hello my name's Jack Graham hello my name's Scott McLeod and I'm David Hockney you can catch us hosting one of the greatest shows in the history of podcasting Saturday Draft Live you can tune in every Saturday to see who on the podcast has the best chance of winning the latest season of our fantasy draft. As always, you can catch Saturday Draft Live on the Suplex Retweet Extra feed on your preferred podcasting platform.